Hey everyone, it's me, D.B. Spitzer. I'm just uh, here, hoping you're all doing well, staying safe, keeping your mouths covered, keeping, uh, keeping the, trying to keep the curve down instead of, like, straight in the other axis. You know, it's a good thing to uh, keep you inside and keep you occupied. Bunnyslippers.com. Oh my goodness, why would you want to go outside? There's so many different animals' novelty slippers that you can wear. I'm not making light of everything that's going on outside, but damn it, look at those slippers. They are nice. And, um, bunnyslippers.com. They're damn nice. No, uh, check out their Highland Cow slippers. They're shaggy bowls that look really cool. And I, I have to say, they're really nice and, really nice and warm. And they've got so many other things. They've got, uh, like, different things that you can put on your feet of things that you like. Bunnyslippers.com and FoundItemClothing.com, too. Great company. Uh, works in conjunction with Bunnyslippers.com to give you uh, some of the best 80s outfits that you can find on the internet. Just, just like Chris Knight from Real Genius, Val Kilmer's character. I've got the Revenge of the Nerd shirts that I love. Am I wearing one right now? No, I'm actually wearing an official uh, PGTTCM shirt that you can find at the store show, or uh, um, uh, show shop, at the show shop, the show store. Uh, you can, it's a direct link to our t-shirts that you can uh, buy to help support the show. Also, t-shirts for Articulate Warbling, new one coming up soon, and a uh, new episode coming up soon, new t-shirt coming up soon new t-shirts for uh new episodes for dave's underground goat shenanigans and new t-shirts already up i'm always coming up with new t-shirts idea and thank you so much for supporting the show by buying my t-shirts and founditemclothing.com's t-shirts and bunnyslippers.com and you know what we're probably going to have some new sponsors in august as the show grows and Gross. Thank you all new listeners. New listeners, we uh, kicked past the 2,000 mark in uh, followers officially on Podbean. We're still somewhere in the 30K daily listeners. Thank you so much for sharing and telling people about us. If you want to follow us, we are People's Cthulhu Podcast, Black Clock Audio Tales, everywhere else. Kind of poking around on Twitter here and there. Mostly on Instagram, doing Facebook. Always do Facebook, because it's on my phone. And yeah, so help the show, check out the other shows I produce, and here's some Algernon Blackwood. Initiation. A few years ago, on a Black Sea steamer heading for the Caucasus, I fell into conversation with an American. He mentioned that he was on his way to the Baku oil fields, and I replied that I was going up into the mountains. He looked at me questioningly a moment. Your first trip? he asked with interest. I said it was. A conversation followed. It was continued the next day and renewed the following day until we parted company at Batum. I don't know why he talked so freely to me in particular. Normally he was a taciturn, silent man. We had been fellow travelers from Marseille, but after Constantinople we had the boat pretty much to ourselves. What struck me about him was his vehement, almost passionate love of natural beauty, in seas and woods and sky, but above all in mountains. It was like a religion in him. 
his taciturn manner hid deep poetic feeling and he told me it had not always been so with him a kind of friendship sprang up between us he was a new york business man buying and selling exchange between banks but was english born he had gone out thirty years before and become naturalized his talk was exceedingly american slangy and almost western he said he had roughed it in the west for a year or two first but what he chiefly talked about was mountains he said it was in the mountains an unusual experience had come to him that had opened his eyes to many things but principally to the beauty that was now everything to him and to the insignificance of death he knew the caucasus well where i was going i think that was why he was interested in me and my journey up there he said you'll feel things and maybe find out things you never knew before what kind of things i asked why for one he replied with emotion and enthusiasm in his voice that living and dying ain't either of them of much account that if you know beauty i mean and beauty is in your life you live on in it and with it for others even when you're dead the conversation that followed is too long to give here but it led to his telling me the experience in his own life that had opened his eyes to the truth of what he said beauty is imperishable he declared and if you live with it why you're imperishable too the story as he told it verbally in his curious language remains vividly in my memory but he had written it down too he said and he gave me the written account with the remark that i was free to hand it on to others if i felt that way he called it initiation it runs as follows one in my own family this happened for arthur was my nephew and a remote alpine village was the place it didn't seem to me in the least suitable for such occurrences except that it was catholic and the church i understand at least scholars who ought to know have told me so has subtle pagan origins incorporated unwittingly in its observations of certain saints days as well as in certain ceremonials all this kind of thing is dutch to me a form of poetry or superstition for i am interested chiefly in the buying and selling of exchange with an office in new york city just off wall street and only come to europe now occasionally for a holiday i like to see the dear old musty cities and go to the opera and take motor run through shakespeare's country or round the lakes get in touch again with london and paris at the ritz hotels and then back again to the greatest city on earth where for years now i've been making a good thing out of it repton and cambridge long since forgotten had their uses they were all right enough at the time but i'm now on the make with a good fat partnership and have left all that truck behind me my half-brother however he was my senior and got the cream of the family wholesale chemical works has stuck to the trade in the old country and is making probably as much as i am he approved my taking the chance that offered and is only sore now because his son arthur is on the stupid side he agreed that finance suited my temperament far better than drugs and chemicals though he warned me that all american finance was speculative and therefore dangerous arthur is getting on he said in his last letter and will some day take the director's place you would be in now had you cared to stay 
but he's a plotter rather that meant i knew that arthur was a fool business at any rate was not suited to his temperament five years ago when i came home with a month's holiday to be used in working up connections in english banking circles i saw the boy he was fifteen years of age at the time a delicate youth with an artist's dreams in his big blue eyes if my memory goes for anything but with a tangle of yellow hair and features of classical beauty that would have made half the young girls of my new york set in love with him and a choice of heiresses at his disposal when he wanted them i have a clear recollection of my nephew then he struck me as having grit and character but as being wrongly placed he had his grandfather's tastes he ought to have been like him a great scholar a poet an editor of marvellous old writings in new editions i couldn't get much out of the boy except that he liked the chemical business fairly and meant to please his father by knowing it thoroughly so as to qualify later for his directorship but i have never forgotten the evening when i caught him in the hall staring up at his grandfather's picture with a kind of light about his face and the big blue eyes all rapt and tender almost as if he had been crying and replying when i asked him what was up that was worth living for he brought beauty back into the world yes i said i guess that's right enough he did but there was no money in it to speak of the boy looked at me and smiled he twigged somehow or other that deep down in me somewhere below the money-making instinct a poet but a dumb poet lay in hiding you know what i mean he said it's in you too the picture was a copy my father had it made of the presentation portrait given to balliol and the grandfather was celebrated in his day for the translations he made of anacreon and sappho of homer too if i remember rightly as well as for a number of classical studies and essays that he wrote a lot of stuff like that he did and made a name at it too his lives of the gods went into six editions they said the big critics of his day that he was a poet who wrote no poetry yet lived it passionately in the spirit of old-world classical beauty and i know he was a wonderful fellow in his way and made the dons and schoolmasters all sit up we're proud of him all right after twenty-five years of successful exchange in new york city i confess i am unable to appreciate all that feeling more in touch with the commercial and financial spirit of the age progress development and the rest but still i'm not ashamed of the classical old boy who seems to have been a good deal of a pagan judging by the records we have kept however arthur peering up at that picture in the dusk his eyes half moist with emotion and his voice gone positively shaky is a thing i never have forgotten he stimulated my curiosity uncommonly it stirred something deep down in me that i hardly cared to acknowledge on wall street something burning and the next time i saw him was in the summer of nineteen ten when i came to europe for a two months look around my wife at newport with the children and hearing that he was in switzerland learning a bit of french to help him in the business i made a point of dropping in upon him just to see how he was shaping generally and what new kinks his mind had taken on there was something in arthur i never could quite forget whenever his face came into my mind i began to think 
a kind of longing came over me a desire for beauty i guess it was it made me dream i found him at an english tutor's a lively old dog with a fondness for the cheap native wines and a financial interest in the tourist development of the village the boys learnt french in the mornings possibly but for the rest of the day were free to amuse themselves exactly as they pleased and without a trace of supervision provided the parents footed the bills without demur this suited everybody all round and as long as the boys came home with an accent and a vocabulary all was well for myself having learned in new york to attend strictly to my own business exchange between different countries with a profit i did not deem it necessary to exchange letters and opinions with my brother with no chance of profit anywhere but i got to know arthur and had a queer experience of my own into the bargain oh there was profit in it for me i'm drawing big dividends to this day on the investment i put up at the best hotel in the village a one-horse show differing from the other inns only in the prices charged for a lot of cheap decoration in the dining-room and went up to surprise my nephew with a call the first thing after dinner the tutor's house stood some way back from the narrow street among fields where there were more flowers than grass and backed by a forest of fine old timber that stretched up several thousand feet to the snow the snow at least was visible peeping out overhead just where the dark line of forest stopped but in reality i suppose that was an effect of foreshortening and whole valleys and pastures intervened between the trees and the snowfields the sunset long since out of the valley still shone on those white ridges where the peaks stuck up like the teeth of a gigantic saw i guess it meant five or six hours good climbing to get up to them and nothing to do when you got there switzerland anyway seemed a poor country with its little bit of watchmaking sour wines and every square yard hanging upstairs at an angle of sixty degrees used for hay picture postcards chocolate and cheap tourists kept it going apparently but i dare say it was all right enough to learn french in and cheap as hoboken to live in arthur was out i just left a card and wrote on it that i would be very pleased if he cared to step down to take luncheon with me at my hotel next day having nothing better to do i strolled homewards by way of the forest now what came over me in that bit of dark pine forest is more than i can quite explain but i think it must have been due to the height the village was four thousand feet above sea level and the effect of the rarefied air upon my circulation the nearest thing to it in my experience is rye whiskey the queer touch of wildness of self-confidence a kind of whooping rapture and the reckless sensation of being a tin god of sorts that comes from a lot of alcohol a memory please understand of years before when i thought it a grand thing to own the earth and paint the old town red i seemed to walk on air and there was a smell about those trees that made me suddenly well that took my mind clean out of its accustomed rut it was just too lovely and wonderful for me to describe it i had got well into the forest and lost my way a bit the smell of an old world garden wasn't in it it smelt to me as if someone had just that minute turned out the earth all fresh and new 
there was moss and tannin a hint of burning something between smoke and incense say and a fine clean odour of pitch-pine bark when the sun gets on it after rain and a flavour of the sea thrown in for luck that was the first i noticed for i had never smelt anything half so good since my camping days on the coast of maine and i stood still to enjoy it i threw away my cigar for fear of mixing things and spoiling it if that could be bottled i said to myself it'd sell for two dollars a pint in every city in the union and it was just then while standing and breathing it in that i got the queer feeling of someone watching me i kept quite still someone was moving near me the sweat went trickling down my back a kind of childhood thrill got hold of me it was very dark i was not afraid exactly but i was a stranger in these parts and knew nothing about the habits of the mountain peasants there might be tough customers lurking around after dark on the chance of striking some guy of a tourist with money in his pockets yet somehow that wasn't the kind of feeling that came to me at all for though i had pocket browning at my hip the notion of getting at it did not even occur to me the sensation was new a kind of lifting exciting sensation that made my heart swell out with exhilaration there was happiness in it a cloud that weighed seemed to roll off my mind same as that light-hearted mood when the office door is locked and i'm off on a two months holiday with gaiety and irresponsibility at the back of it it was invigorating i felt youth sweep over me i stood there wondering what on earth was coming on me and half expecting that any moment someone would come out of the darkness and show himself and as i held my breath and made no movement at all the queer sensation grew stronger i believe i even resisted a temptation to kick up my heels and dance to let out a flying shout as a man with liquor in him does instead of this however i just kept dead still the wood was black as ink all round me too black to see the tree trunks separately except far below where the village lights came up twinkling between them and the only way i kept the path was by the soft feel of the pine needles that were thicker than a brussels carpet but nothing happened and no one stirred the idea that i was being watched remained only there was no sound anywhere except the roar of falling water that filled the entire valley yet someone was very close to me in the darkness i can't say how long i might have stood there but i guess it was the best part of ten minutes and i remember it struck me that i had run up against a pocket of extra rarefied air that had a lot of oxygen in it oxygen or something similar and that was the cause of my elation the idea was nonsense i have no doubt but for the moment it half explained the thing to me i realized it was all natural enough at any rate and so moved on it took a longish time to reach the edge of the wood and a footpath led me oh it was quite a walk i tell you into the village street again i was both glad and sorry to get there i kept myself busy thinking the whole thing over again what caught me all of a heap was that million-dollar sense of beauty youth and happiness never in my born days had i felt anything to touch it and it hadn't cost a cent well i was sitting there enjoying my smoke and trying to puzzle it all out 
and the hall was pretty full of people smoking and talking and reading papers and so forth when all of a sudden i looked up and caught my breath with such a jerk that i actually bit my tongue there was grandfather in front of my chair i looked into his eyes i saw him as clear and solid as the porter standing behind his desk across the lounge and it gave me a touch of cold all down the back that i needn't forget unless i want to he was looking into my face and he had a cap in his hand and he was speaking to me it was my grandfather's picture come to life only much thinner and younger and a kind of light in his eyes like fire i beg your pardon but you are uncle jim aren't you and then with another jump of my nerves i understood you arthur well i'm jiggered so it is take a chair boy i'm right glad you found me shake sit down and i shook his hand and pushed a chair up for him i was never so surprised in my life the last time i set eyes on him he was a boy now he was a young man and the very image of his ancestor he sat down fingering his cap he wouldn't have a drink and he wouldn't smoke all right i said let's talk then i've lots to tell you and i've lots to hear how are you boy he didn't answer at first he eyed me up and down he hesitated he was as handsome as a young greek god i say uncle jim he began presently it was you just now in the wood wasn't it it made me start that question put so quietly i have just come through that wood up there i answered pointing in the direction as well as i could remember if that's what you mean but why you weren't there were you it gave me a queer sort of feeling to hear him say it what in the name of heaven did he mean he sat back in his chair with a sigh of relief oh that's all right then he said if it was you did you see he asked suddenly did you see anything not a thing i told him honestly it was far too dark i laughed i fancy i twigged his meaning but i was not the sort of uncle to come prying on him life must be dull enough i remembered in this mountain village but he didn't understand my laugh he didn't mean what i meant and there came a pause between us i discovered that we were talking different lingos i leaned over towards him look here arthur i said in a lower voice what is it and what do you mean i'm all right you know and you needn't be afraid of telling me what do you mean by did i see anything we looked each other squarely in the eye he saw he could trust me and i saw well a whole lot of things perhaps but i felt chiefly that he liked me and would tell me things later all in his own good time i liked him all the better for that too i only meant he answered slowly whether you really saw anything no i said straight i didn't see a thing but by the gods i felt something he started i started too an astonishing big look came swimming over his fair handsome face his eyes seemed all lit up he looked as if he'd just made a cool million in wheat or cotton i knew you were that sort he whispered though i hardly remembered what you looked like then what on earth was it i asked his reply staggered me a bit it was just that he said the earth and then just when things were getting interesting and promising a dividend he shut up like a clam he wouldn't say another word 
he asked after my family and business my health what kind of crossing i'd had and all the rest of the common stock it fairly bowled me over and i couldn't change him either i suppose in america we get pretty free and easy and don't quite understand reserve but this young man of half my age kept me in my place as easily as i might have kept a nervous customer quiet in my own office he just refused to take me on he was polite and cool and distant as you please and when i got pressing sometimes he simply pretended he didn't understand i could no more get him back again to the subject of the wood than a customer could have gotten me to tell him about the prospects of exchange being cheap or dear when i didn't know myself but wouldn't let him see i didn't know he was charming he was delightful enthusiastic and even affectionate downright glad to see me too and to chin with me but i couldn't draw him worth a cent and in the end i gave up trying and the moment i gave up trying he let down a little but only a very little you'll stay here some time uncle jim won't you that's my idea i said if i can see you and you can show me round some he laughed with pleasure oh rather i've got lots of time after three in the afternoon i'm free till any time you like there's a lot to see he added come along to-morrow then i said if you can't take lunch but perhaps you can come just afterwards you'll find me waiting for you right here i'll come at three he replied and we said good night two he turned up sharp at three and i liked his punctuality i saw him come swinging down the dusty road tall deep-chested his broad shoulders a trifle high and his head set proudly he looked like a young chap in training a thoroughbred every inch of him at the same time there was a touch of something a little too refined and delicate for a man i thought that was the poetic scholarly vein in him i guess grandfather cropping out this time he wore no cap his thick light hair not brushed back like the london shop boys but parted on the side yet untidy for all that suited him exactly and gave him a touch of wildness well he asked what would you like to do uncle jim i'm at your service and i've got the whole afternoon till supper at seven-thirty i told him i'd like to go through that wood all right he said come along i'll show you he gave me one quick glance but said no more i like to see if i feel anything this time i explained we'll locate the very spot maybe he nodded you know where i mean don't you i asked because you saw me there he just said yes and then we started it was hot and air was scarce i remember that we went up hill and that i realized there was considerable difference in our ages we crossed some fields first smothered in flowers so thick that i wondered how much grass the cows got out of it and then came to a sprinkling of fine young larches that looked as soft as velvet there was no path just a wild mountainside i had very little breath on the steep zigzags but arthur talked easily and talked mighty well too the light and shade the colouring and the effect of all this wilderness of lonely beauty on the mind he kept all this suppressed at home in business it was safety valves i twigged that it was the artist in him 
talking he seemed to think there was nothing in the world but beauty with a big b all the time and the odd thing was he took for granted that i felt the same it was cute of him to flatter me that way dowlis and the lone sophician vale i heard and a few moments later with a sort of reverence in his voice like worship he called out a great singing name astarte day is her face and midnight is her hair and morning hours are but the golden stair by which she climbs to night it was here first that a queer change began to grow upon me too steady on boy i've forgotten all my classics ages ago i cried he turned and gazed down at me his big eyes glowing and not a sign of perspiration on his skin oh, that's nothing he exclaimed in his musical deep voice you know it or you'd never have felt things in this wood last night and you wouldn't have wanted to come out with me now how i gasped how's that you've come he continued quietly to the only valley in this artificial country that has atmosphere this valley is alive especially this end of it there's superstition here thank god even the peasants know things i stared at him see here arthur i objected i'm not a calf and i don't know a thing at least it's all dead in me and forgotten about poetry or classics or your gods and pan pantheism in spite of grandfather his face turned like a dream face hush he said quickly don't mention him there's a bit of him in you as well as in me and it was here you know he wrote i didn't hear the rest of what he said a creep came over me i remembered that this ancestor of ours lived for years in the isolation of some swiss forest where he claimed he used that setting for his writing he had found the exiled gods their ghosts their beauty their eternal essences or something astonishing of that sort i had clean forgotten it till this moment it all rushed back upon me a memory of my boyhood and as i say a creep came over me something as near to awe as ever could be the sunshine on that field of yellow daisies and blue forget-me-nots turned pale that warm valley wind had a touch of snow in it and ashamed and frightened of my baby mood i looked at arthur meaning to choke him off with all this rubbish and then saw something in his eyes that scared me stiff i admit it what's the use there was an expression on his fine big face that made my blood go curdled i got cold feet right there it mastered me in him behind him near him blessed if i know which through him probably came an enormous thing that turned me insignificant it downed me utterly it was over in a second the flash of a wing i recovered instantly no mere boy should come these muzzy tricks on me scholar or no scholar for the change in me was on the increase and i shrank see here arthur i said plainly once again i don't know what your game is but there's something queer up here i don't quite get at i'm only a business man with classics and poetry all gone dry in me twenty years ago and more he looked at me so strangely that i stopped confused but uncle jim he said as quietly as though we talked tobacco brands you needn't be alarmed it's natural you should feel the place you and i belong to it 
we've both got him in us you're just as proud of him as i am only in a different way and then he added with a touch of disappointment i thought you'd like it you weren't afraid last night you felt the beauty then flattery is a darned subtle thing at any time to see him standing over me in that superior way and talking down at my poor business mind well it just came over me that i was laying my cards on the table a bit too early after so many years of city life anyway i pulled myself together i was only kidding you boy i laughed i feel this beauty just as much as you do only i guess you're more accustomed to it than i am come on now i added with energy getting upon my feet let's push on and see the wood i want to find that place again he pulled me with a hand of iron laughing as he did so gee i wished i had his teeth as well as the muscles in his arm yet i felt younger somehow too youth flowed more and more into my veins i had forgotten how sweet the winds and woods and flowers could be something melted in me for it was spring and the whole world was singing like a dream beauty was creeping over me i don't know i began to feel all big and tender and open to a thousand wonderful sensations the thought of streets and houses seemed like death we went on again not talking much my breath got shorter and shorter and he kept looking about him as though he expected something but we passed no living soul not even a peasant there were no chalets no cattle no cattle shelters even and then i realized that the valley lay at our feet in haze and that we had been climbing at least a couple of hours why last night i got home in twenty minutes at the outside i said he shook his head smiling it seemed like that he replied but you really took much longer it was long after ten when i found you in the hall i reflected a moment now i come to think of it you're right arthur seems curious though somehow he looked closely at me i followed you all the way he said you followed me and you went at a good pace too it was your feelings that made it seem so short you were singing to yourself and happy as a dancing fawn we kept close behind you for a long way i think it was we he said but for some reason or other i didn't care to ask maybe i answered shortly trying uncomfortably to recall what particular capers i had cut i guess that's right and then added something about the loneliness and how deserted all this slope of mountain was and he explained that the peasants were afraid of it and called it no man's land from one year's end to another no human foot went up or down it the hay was never cut no cattle grazed along the splendid pastures no chalet had even been built within a mile of the wood we slowly made for they're superstitious he told me it was just the same a hundred years ago when he discovered it there was a little natural cave on the edge of the forest where he used to sleep sometimes i'll show it to you presently but for generations this entire mountainside has been undisturbed you'll never meet a living soul in any part of it he stopped and pointed above us to where the pine wood hung in mid-air like a dim blue carpet it's just the place for them you see and a thrill of power went smashing through me i can't describe it it drenched me like a waterfall 
i thought of greece mount ida and a thousand songs something in me it was like the click of a shutter announced that the change was suddenly complete i was another man or rather a deeper part of me took command my very language showed it the calm of halcyon weather lay over all overhead the peaks rose clear as crystal below us the village lay in a bluish smudge of smoke and haze as though a great finger had rubbed them softly into the earth absolute loneliness fell upon me like a clap from the world of human beings we seemed quite shut off and there began to steal over me again the strange elation of the night before we found ourselves almost at once against the edge of the wood it rose in front of us a big wall of splendid trees motionless as if cut out of dark green metal the branches hanging stiff and the crowd of trunks lost in the blue dimness underneath i shaded my eyes with one hand trying to peer into the solemn gloom the contrast between the brilliant sunshine on the pastures and this region of heavy shadows blurred my sight it's like the entrance to another world i whispered it is said arthur watching me we will go in you shall pluck asphodel and before i knew it he had me by the hand we were advancing we left the light behind us the cool air dropped upon me like a sheet there was a temple silence the sun ran down behind the sky leaving a marvellous blue radiance everywhere nothing stirred but through the stillness there rose power power that has no name power that hides at the foundation somewhere foundations that are changeless invisible everlasting what do i mean my mind grew to the dimension of a planet we were among the roots of life whence issues that one thing in infinite guise that seeks so many temporary names from the protean minds of men you shall pluck asphodel in the meadows this side of erebus arthur was chanting hermes himself the psychopomp shall lead and malahide shall welcome us malahide to hear him use that name the name of our scholar ancestor now dead and buried close upon a century the way he hath chanted it gave me the goose-flesh i stopped against a tree-stem thinking of escape no words came to me at the moment for i didn't know what to say but in turning to find the bright green slopes just left behind i saw only a crowd of trees and shadows hanging thick as a curtain as though we had walked a mile and it was a shock the way out was lost the trees closed up behind us like a tide it's all right said arthur just keep an open mind and a heart alive with love it has a shattering effect at first but that will pass he saw i was afraid for i shrank visibly enough he stood beside me in his grey flannel suit with his brilliant eyes and his great shock of hair looking more like a column of light than a human being it's all quite right and natural he repeated we have passed the gateway and hecate who presides over gateways will let us out again do not make discord by feeling fear this is a pine wood and pines are the oldest simplest trees they are true primitives 
they are an open channel and in a pine wood where no human life has ever been you shall often find gateways where hecate is kind to such as us he took my hand he must have felt mine trembling but his own was cool and strong and felt like silver and led me forward into the depths of a wood that seemed to me quite endless it felt endless that is to say i don't know what came over me fear slipped away and elation took its place as we advanced over ground that seemed level or slightly undulating i saw bright pools of sunshine here and there upon the forest floor great shafts of light dropped in slantingly between the trunks there was movement everywhere though i never could see what moved a delicious scented air stirred through the lower branches running water sang not very far away figures i did not actually see yet there were limbs and flowing draperies and flying hair from time to time ever just beyond the pools of sunlight surprise went from me too i was on air the atmosphere of dream came round me but a dream of something just hovering outside the world i knew a dream wrought in gold and silver with shining eyes with graceful beckoning hands and with voices that rang like bells of music and the pools of light grew larger merging one into another until a delicate soft light shone equably throughout the entire forest into this zone of light we passed together then something fell abruptly at our feet as though thrown down two marvellous shining sprays of blossom such as i had never seen in all my days before asphodel cried my companion stooping to pick them up and handing one to me i took it from him with a delight i could not understand keep it he murmured it is the sign that we are welcome for malahide has dropped these on our path and at the use of that ancestral name it seemed that a spirit passed before my face and the hair of my head stood up there was a sense of violent unhappy contrast a composite picture presented itself then rushed away what was it my youth in england music and poetry at cambridge and my passionate love of greek that lasted two terms at most when malahide's great books formed part of the curriculum over against this then the drag and smother of solid worldly business the sordid weight of modern ugliness the bitterness of an ambitious overstriving life and abruptly beyond both pictures a shining marvellous beauty that scattered stars beneath my feet and scarved the universe with gold all this flashed before me with the utterance of that old family name an alternative sprang up there seemed some radical elemental choice presented to me to what i used to call my soul my soul could take or leave it as it pleased i looked at arthur moving beside me like a shaft of light what had come over me how had our walk and talk and mood our quite recent everyday and ordinary view our normal relationship with the things of the world how had it all slipped into this so insensibly so easily so naturally was it worth while the question i didn't ask it jumped up in me of its own accord was what worth while 
why my present life of commonplace and grubbing toil of course my city existence with its meagre unremunerative ambitions ah it was this new beauty calling me this shining dream that lay beyond the two pictures i have mentioned i did not argue it even to myself but i understood there was a radical change in me the buried poet too long hidden rushed into the air like some great singing bird i glanced again at arthur moving along lightly by my side half dancing almost in his brimming happiness wait till you see them i heard him singing wait till you hear the call of artemis and the footsteps of her flying nymphs wait till orion thunders overhead and selene crowned with the crescent moon drives up the zenith in her white-horsed chariot the choice will be beyond all question then a great silent bird with soft brown plumage whirred across our path pausing an instant as though to peep then disappearing with a muted sound into an eddy of the wind it made the big trees hid it it was an owl the same moment i heard a rush of liquid song come pouring through the forest with a gush of almost human notes and a pair of glossy wings flashed past us swerving upwards to find the open sky blue-black pointed wings his favorites exclaimed my companion with clear joy in his voice they all are here athene's bird procne and philomena too the owl the swallow and the nightingale tereus and itis are not far away and the entire forest as he said it stirred with movement as though that great bird's quiet wings had waked the sea of ancient shadows there were voices too ringing laughing voices as though his words woke echoes that had been listening for it for i heard sweet singing in the distance the names he had used perplexed me yet even i stranger as i was to such refined delights could not mistake the passion of the nightingale and the dart of the eager swallow that wild burst of music that curve of swift escape were unmistakable and i struck a stalwart tree-stem with my open hand feeling the need of hearing touching sensing it my link with known remembered things was breaking i craved the satisfaction of the commonplace i got that satisfaction but i got something more as well for the trunk was round and smooth and comely it was no dead thing i struck somehow it brushed me into intercourse with inanimate nature and next the desire came to hear my voice my own familiar high-pitched voice with the twang and accent the new world climate brings so-called american exchange place new york city i'm in that business buying and selling of exchange between the banks of two civilized countries one of them stupid and old-fashioned the other leading all creation it was an effort but i made it firmly it sounded odd remote unreal sunlit woods and wind among the branches followed close and sweet upon my words but who in the name of wall street said it england's buying gold i tried again we've got a private wire cut in quick first natural is selling great face hephaestus how ridiculous it was like saying i'll take your scalp unless you give me meat it was barbaric savage centuries ago 
again there came another voice that caught up my own and turned it into common syntax some heady beauty of the earth rose about me like a cloud hark night comes with the dusk upon her eyelids she brings those dreams that every dewdrop holds at dawn daughter of thanatos and hypnos but again who said the words it surely was not arthur my nephew arthur of to-day learning french in a swiss mountain village i felt well what did i feel in the name of the stock exchange and wall street what was the cash surrender of amazing feelings three and turning to look at him i made a discovery i don't know how to tell it quite such shadow marvels have never been my line of goods he looked several things at once taller slighter sweeter but chiefly it sounds so crazy when i write it down grander is the word i think and all spread out with some power that flowed like spring when it pours upon a landscape eternally young and glorious young i mean in the sense of a field of flowers in the spring looks young and glorious in the sense the sky looks glorious at dawn or sunset something big shone through him like a storm something that would go on for ever just as the earth goes on always renewing itself something of gigantic life that in the human sense could never age at all something the old gods had but the figure so far as there was any figure at all was that old family picture come to life our great ancestor and arthur were one being and that one being was vaster than a million people yet it was malahide i saw they laid me in the earth i loved he said in a strange thrilling voice like running wind and water and i found eternal life i live now forever in their divine existence i share the life that changes yet can never pass away i felt myself rising like a cloud as he said it a roaring beauty captured me completely if i could tell it in honest newspaper language the common language used in flats and offices why i guess i could patent a new meaning in ordinary words a new power of expression the thing that all the churches and poets and thinkers have been trying to say since the world began i caught on to a fact so fine and simple that it knocked me silly to think i'd never realized it before i had read it yes but now i knew it the earth the whole bustling universe was nothing after all but a visible production of eternal living powers spiritual powers mind you that just happened to include the particular little type of strutting creature we called mankind and these powers as seen in nature were the gods it was our refusal of their grand appeal so wild and sweet and beautiful that caused evil it was this barrier between ourselves and the rest of my thoughts and feelings swept away upon the rising flood as the figure came upon me like a shaft of moonlight melting the last remnant of opposition that was in me i took my brain my reason chucking them aside for the futile little mechanism i suddenly saw them to be in place of them came oh 
god i hate to say it for only nursery talk can get within a mile of it and yet what i need is something simpler even than the words that children use under one arm i carried a whole forest breathing in the wind and beneath the other a hundred meadows full of singing streams with golden marigolds and blue forget-me-nots along their banks upon my back and shoulders lay the clouded hills with dew and moonlight in their brimmed capacious hollows thick in my hair hung the unaging powers that are stars and sunlight though the sun was far away it sweetened the currents of my blood with liquid gold breast and throat and face as i advanced met all the rivers of the world and all the winds of heaven their strength and swiftness melting into me as light melts into everything it touches and into my eyes passed all the radiant colours that weave the cloth of nature as she takes the sun and this figure pouring upon me like a burst of moonlight spoke they all are in you air and fire and water and i my feet stand on the earth my own voice interrupted deep power lifting through the sound of it the earth he laughed gigantically he spread he seemed everywhere about me he seemed a race of men my life swam forth in waves of some immense sensation that issued from the mountain and the forest then returned to them again i reeled i clutched at something in me that was slipping beyond control slipping down a bank towards a deep dark river flowing at my feet a shadowy boat appeared a still more shadowy outline at the helm i was in the act of stepping into it for the tree i caught at was only air i couldn't stop myself i tried to scream you have plucked asphodel sang the voice beside me and you shall pluck more i slipped and slipped the speed increasing horribly then something caught as though a cog held fast and stopped me i remembered my business in new york city arthur i yelled arthur i shouted again as hard as i could shout there was frantic terror in me i felt as though i should never get back to myself again death the answer came in his normal voice keep close to me i know the way the scenery dwindled suddenly the trees came back i was walking in the forest beside my nephew and the moonlight lay in patches and little shafts of silver the crests of the pines just murmured in a wind that scarcely stirred and through an opening on our right i saw the deep valley clasped about the twinkling village lights towering in splendour the spectral snowfields hung upon the sky huge summits guarding them and arthur took my arm oh solidly enough this time thank heaven he asked no questions of me there's a smell of myrrh he whispered and we are very near the undying ancient things i said something about the rosin from the trees but he took no notice it enclosed its body in an egg of myrrh he went on smiling down at me then setting it on fire rose from the ashes with its life renewed once every five hundred years you see what did i cried feeling that loss of self stealing over me again and his answer came like a blow between the eyes the phoenix they called it a bird but of course the true 
but my life's insured in that i cried for he had named the company that took large yearly premiums from me and i pay your life's insured in this he said quietly waving his arms to indicate the earth your love of nature and your sympathy with it make you safe he gazed at me there was a marvellous expression in his eyes i understood why poets talked of stars and flowers in a human face but behind the face crept back another look as well there grew about his figure an indeterminate extension the outline of malahide again stirred through his own a pale delicate hand reached out to take my own and something broke in me i was conscious of two things a burst of joy that meant losing myself entirely and a rush of terror that meant staying as i was a small painful struggling item of individual life and another spray of that awful asphodel fell fluttering through the air in front of my face it rested on the earth against my feet and arthur this weirdly changing arthur stooped to pick it for me i kicked it with my foot beyond his reach then turned and ran as though the furies of that ancient world were after me i ran for my very life how i escaped from that thick wood without banging my body to bits against the trees i can't explain i ran from something i desired and yet feared i leaped along in a succession of flying bounds each tree i passed turned of its own accord and flung after me until the entire forest followed but i got out i reached the open upon the sloping field in the full clear light of the moon i collapsed in a panting heap the earth drew back with a great shuddering sigh behind me there was this strange tumultuous sound upon the night i lay beneath the open heavens that were full of moonlight i was myself but there were tears in me beauty too high for understanding had slipped between my fingers i had lost malahide i had lost the gods of earth yet i had seen and felt i had not lost all something remained that i could never lose again i don't know how it happened exactly but presently i heard arthur saying you'll catch your death of cold if you lie on that soaking grass and felt his hand seize mine to pull me to my feet i feel safer on earth i believe i answered and then he said yes but it's such a stupid way to die a chill four i got up then and we went downhill together towards the village lights i danced oh i admit it i sang as well there was a flood of joy and power about me that beat anything i'd ever felt before i didn't think or hesitate there was no self-consciousness i just let it rip for all there was and if there had been ten thousand people there in front of me i could have made them feel it too that was the kind of feeling power and confidence and a sort of raging happiness i think i know what it was too i say this soberly with reverence all wool and no fading there was a bit of god in me god's power that drives the earth and pours through nature the imperishable beauty expressed in those old-world nature deities 
and the fear i'd felt was nothing but the little tickling point of losing my ordinary two-cent self the dread of letting go the shrinking before the plunge what a fellow feels when he's falling in love and hesitates and tries to think it out and hold back and is afraid to let the enormous tide flow in and drown him oh yes i began to think it over a bit as we raced down the mountainside that glorious night i've read some in my day my brain's all right i've heard of dual personality and subliminal uprush and conversion no new line of goods all that but somehow these stunts of the psychologists and philosophers didn't cut any ice with me just then because i'd experienced what they merely explained and explanation was just a bargain sale the best things can't be explained at all there's no real value in a bargain sale arthur had trouble to keep up with me we were running due east and the earth was turning therefore with us we all three ran together at her pace terrific the moonlight danced along the summits and the snowfields flew like spreading robes and the forests everywhere far and near hung watching us and booming like a thousand organs there were uncaged winds about you could hear them whistling among the precipices but the great thing that i knew was beauty a beauty of the common old familiar earth and a beauty that has stayed with me ever since and given me joy and strength and a source of power and delight i never guessed existed before as we dropped lower into the thicker air of the valley i sobered down gradually the ecstasy passed from me we slowed up a bit the lights and the houses and the sight of the hotel where people were dancing in a stuffy ballroom all this put blotting paper on something that had been flowing now you'll think this an odd thing too but when we reached the village street i just took arthur's hand and shook it and said good night and went up to bed and slept like a two-year-old till morning and from that day to this i've never set eyes on the boy again perhaps it's difficult to explain and perhaps it isn't i can explain it to myself in two lines i was afraid to see him i was afraid he might explain i was afraid he might explain away i just left a note he never replied to it and went off by a morning train can you understand that because if you can't you haven't understood this account i've tried to give of the experience arthur gave me well anyway i'll just let it go at that arthur's a director now in his father's wholesale chemical business and i well i'm doing better than ever in the buying and selling of exchange between banks in new york city as before but when i said i was still drawing dividends on my swiss investment i meant it and it's not scenery everybody gets a thrill from scenery it's a darn sight more than that it's those little wayward patches of blue on a cloudy day those blue pools in the sky just above trinity church steeple when i pass out of wall street into lower broadway it's the rustle of the sea wind among the battery trees the wash of the waves when the ferry's starting for staten island and the glint of the sun far down the bay or dropping a bit of pearl into the old east river 
and sometimes it's the strip of cloud in the west above the jersey shore of the hudson the first star the sickle of the new moon behind the masts and shipping but usually it's something nearer bigger simpler than all or any of these it's just the certainty that when i hurry along the hard stone pavements from bank to bank i'm walking on the earth it's just that the earth end of story four